Changing hearts and minds is what we are all about at the Pro-Life Guys podcast. Today, we are talking about how to even approach having good conversations about abortion through the lens of being an effective pro-life ambassador. Stay tuned. Hi, folks. Welcome back to the Pro-Life Guys podcast, a show dedicated to equipping you with the tools that you need to have compassionate and compelling conversations about abortion so together we can change minds, save lives, and transform our culture. My name is Cam. I'm the host of the show. Thank you all for tuning in and welcome to our first apologetics episode of the year. As I mentioned last uh, last episode with our New Year's resolution, my goal is to offer way more apologetics content this year. Um, I, I know that in, in when we started out, we offered a lot of um, apologetics. We kind of got away from that, unfortunately, last year and a little bit of the year before that. We are getting back to our roots and getting back to how to have compassionate, compelling conversations about abortion, and I, I figure we start at the beginning. We start at the beginning and how we are approaching these conversations in the first place. I'm going to give a big shout out right off the top to um, one of the, the greatest um, minds when it comes to thinking about how we have these conversations being Greg Kokel. Greg Kokel authored a book called Tactics. It is required reading for most of our interns. It was certainly required reading when I was an intern. I have... Uh, recommended it to hundreds of pro-lifers. I have given it to pastors and priests to help them not only navigate conversations about abortion, but any kind of disagreement or misunderstanding or, or dare I say, argument. Um, it's a brilliant book that really frames how are we actually approaching conversations with people that we disagree with because um, there, there's an awful lot that goes into winning arguments where we're going to get into that because yeah we absolutely have to win the discussions we have to have superior argumentation and apologetics because the truth is on our side and we need to be able to convey it effectively yes and yet we need to do more than just win arguments we need to win people through and while we are winning the arguments, while we are demonstrating the accuracy, the um, complexity, the beauty, the, the truth, dare I say, of the pro-life worldview, while we are demonstrating that, we also have to show the goodness and the beauty of the pro-life worldview and the people within it um, and the people outside of it as well. Right, I think that so often we think about this as a me versus you. For those of you um, not tuning in on the YouTube channel, um, you can't see me knock my fist together as a um, a brow beating kind of me versus you fight to the end kind of winner loser situation, and that's not what we want, right? We don't want winner loser situations um, because what do you do? If you don't think you can win, what do you do if you don't think that you can win um, at any kind of engagement, whether it's an argument or whether it's a sport or whether it's a board game? I, I often talk in the workshops that I give about, I, I play a lot of sports. I'm sure that's come through on a number of my episodes. I, I'm a player manager in a competitive inter, um, intermediate men's fastball um, league. Uh, I am hoping this year, um, Lord willing, to continue to up my game. And I, I really hope that I can play in the top fastball tournament in the world, um, the ISC com competition in Surrey, BC this year. I mean, it'll be in August. I'm really hoping that I, I can find a spot, on a roster spot on one of the teams going there. 
I'm really competitive, um, but I, I do a lot of other sports and competitive things as well. And I often make the joke because it's a little bit more niche. I play a lot of badminton. I don't know how many of you in the audience are badminton players. I play a lot of badminton. And if I challenged you to a game of badminton, a winner-loser kind of thing, not that we're putting any money on it, but maybe it's just our pride on the line, whatever it may be, this is a game within badminton. We're going to play some sets and, and that kind of thing. If I challenge you to a game of badminton, and you really don't think that you can win. Maybe you haven't played badminton since high school. Maybe you've never played badminton whatsoever. And you say, okay, Cam knows what he's doing. There's no way that I can win this. What are you going to do in a winner-loser situation? In a winner-loser situation, and you don't think that you can win, you probably don't want to lose. You, you don't want to just come out and get pounded and, and have me wipe the floor with you. No offense. Uh, and so you're probably going to do one of two things. You are probably either going to um, avoid the situation entirely. You're going to say, no, I, I don't play badminton, or I'm not interested. Or if I know that you play a little bit of badminton, but you still don't think that you can beat me, you're going to say, oh, well, I, I don't have my racket. I don't have my shoes. I'm, I'm not available on Tuesdays. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm going to avoid the situation entirely. Or if you can't find a way to avoid it, then maybe you're going to try to prevent me from playing my best. Maybe you're going to steal my shoes before the game. Maybe you are going to try to get me confused or, or, or smack talk or something like that. I, I think often um, – uh, way back in the early days of the show, um, the the original co-host with me, Peter Boss. Peter Boss is fantastic. I love him to bits. Uh, Peter, if you're listening, you're the man. Uh, Peter and I used to occasionally stream chess matches while we talked pro-life stuff. And and to be fair, Peter's a much better chess player than I am. I, I have improved. My ELO is in the mid-900s. I'm not a phenomenal chess player, but I do enjoy playing chess. But Peter would... I am convinced, and Peter, you can refute this if you're listening, Peter would ask me tricky questions about pro-life apologetics while playing chess to try to get me at a time disadvantage to ensure that he would win chess games. He would, we'd be even on time, and sometimes I feel like I'd even be in a stronger position at chess. And then he'd be like, okay, but Cam, what do you do when somebody tells you that they've had an abortion? And he'd throw this to me when I had like a minute left on the clock. And I'd be like, oh my goodness, I, I have to offer a good answer to this. And I would stop playing chess and start answering. And all my time would run out and he'd beat me. And so he would trick me into not performing my best. And we see that in the pro-life conversation all the time. When we enter into a pro-life engagement with somebody and they view it as a winner-loser situation. They say, okay, this person wants to talk about abortion. They've probably thought about it. They've probably done their research. They probably know a little bit of what they're talking about. I'm not even going to engage. Oh, no, I don't talk about that. Didn't, didn't you know that you're not supposed to talk about um, religion, politics, or intimacy in polite company? Didn't you know that? This is politics. This is religion. I don't talk about stuff like abortion. Um in general, or I'm going to avoid it, or I'm not going to comment on your social media post or anything like that. We're going to get crickets. We're going to have people avoiding conversations with us about important things like abortion. Or we're going to have people attacking us, right? Oh, you want to talk about abortion, do you? Well, what about all of your pedophile priests that, that you have in the Catholic Church? What about all of the corruption within your church? What about this? What about how judgmental you are towards people of the LGBTQ plus community? All this kind of stuff, trying to get us off of our game, trying to get us being defensive because the best defense is a good offense kind of thing. 
we don't want this to be a me versus you kind of situation. And so how do we avoid that? How do we set ourselves up to be productive in our conversations. Well, um, Greg Kokel goes into three different tools in this book. Um, and we're going to offer as a prize, a copy of this book. And so we're going to have a contest. Um, what do you got to do to win a copy of the book is you got to be, um, you got to email in to pro life guys, uh, email at prolifeguys.com. I'll put the, it in the show notes below. You got to email in and you have to, um, offer a, topic that you would like me to cover on this podcast. However, um, what Greg Kogel gets into is the three attributes of being an effective um, pro-life ambassador and an effective ambassador in any capacity, character, knowledge, and wisdom. He goes through the knowledge, wisdom, character. I'm going to go through them character, knowledge, and wisdom, because in my humble opinion, character is so influential in how we approach conversations in the first place. How are we approaching abortion advocates in the first place? Are we thinking that every abortion advocate is some cold-hearted killer, some malicious and um, demonic representation that just wants to slaughter as many babies? can are we looking at these people as people who want to kill babies or are we looking at this scenario as um not not, not that these women are, are purely victims that they have zero culpability but rather that those who sort of support abortions often have either one never heard an alternative position or two have experienced tremendous suffering and hardship and may have themselves or a loved one been um, pressured towards an abortion. And so either they've never fathomed the idea of abortion not being an appropriate solution. I've spoken to countless, particularly high school and university students, who I am the first pro-life person that they have ever spoken to, that, that they view pro-lifers as some kind of mythical unicorn that they know exists out there somewhere, but they have no idea what they actually believe. They have no idea who they actually are. They have only ever understood the pro-abortion worldview because, let's admit it, we are in the third generation of abortion um, popular opinion, right? The the people that you're talking to at high schools and universities, the majority of people having abortions, not only do their parents support abortion, but their grandparents often support abortion. That's how far and deep into this we are. And so if I'm approaching this as a, in some ways, what chance did this person have? Yes, the Lord has blessed each and every one of us with a mind of our own um, and a heart to seek truth and, and this kind of thing. However, in a broken, fallen world with broken, fallen, sinful people, the vast majority of people have never even heard the pro-life worldview conveyed in any kind of a compelling capacity, if at all. And I think that we need to have compassion for people in that light, and that we have to look at this as medics in a hospital of people who continue to inflict themselves with all sorts of illnesses and diseases and ailments without knowing the difference. People who don't know that they should be washing their hands in between um, their their day-to-day -day stuff. They don't know that they should be eating a, a well-rounded diet. If, okay, we're not going to give people a hard time hundreds of years ago because they didn't know how germs were spread. They didn't know what germs were in the first place kind of thing. Uh, it, it seems ridiculous that many people don't know that abortion directly and intentionally kills an, a, 
innocent, valuable member of the human species. However, that's the reality. That's the reality that I've witnessed based on over 10,000 interactions with people about abortion. The overwhelming majority of people genuinely believe the lives have been pumped to them by now two generations ahead of them, um, the media and everyone else. And so we need to come into conversations with empathy, with an open heart for the people that we are encountering. And that's why having character is often having an attractive manner, having an attractive manner that people are willing to engage with, having compassion, being willing to listen, to understand, not just listening to respond, and really having a heart for them because the the media has painted pro-lifers often to our, our shame accurately as people who care more about pre-born children than we do about born humans. And so when people have in their minds that we don't care about them, that we don't see value in the person in front of us, how could they ever understand why we value the person not in front of us? If we don't value the person who can be seen, why do we value the person who cannot be seen? We need to value both people. We need to value them equally. We need to demonstrate that to them through all of our actions, through our tone, through our language, through how we are engaging with them. And so first of all, character. Second of all, we need to have knowledge. We need to know what we're talking about. We need to have an informed mind, as Greg Kokel says, an informed mind that is accurate in our understanding. If we are spouting all sorts of, of inaccuracies and nonsense, if we are saying that a preborn child has a fully functional and rational brain at six weeks gestation, that's simply untrue. If we are saying that a 12-week-old um, embryo can survive outside of their mother's womb and be brought to to full um, term and survive without any kind of support. That, that's not true. If we are pretending that hard circumstances don't exist and that in a first world country like Canada, that no hardship ever um, enters into the hearts and minds and experiences of mothers and fathers, then that is just not true. If we believe that every foster home or adoptive family is loving and supportive and perfect angels, that is simply not true. We need to have an accurate understanding of the reality of abortion in Canada, an accurate understanding of prenatal development, an accurate understanding of our arguments. And that's where hopefully this podcast can come in. And so you need to have an attractive manner that people are willing to engage in the first place. You need to have an informed mind for how you understand the the arguments at play and, and the information necessary and requisite for these engagements. And third and finally, we need to have wisdom. We need to have an artful method, as Greg Kogel says, in conveying this information. This is the, the whole lens of how we approach. I often talk about how character is how we approach. Knowledge is something that you gain to go into conversation, and wisdom is something that you learn through conversation. Wisdom often is knowing what to say when. How do you demonstrate a, um, particular points? How do you ask the right questions? How do you draw people towards the pro-life worldview so that it's not just a, a stream of consciousness, a whole bunch of random, true and accurate and heartfelt facts about preborn children and prenatal development and supporting mothers and fathers, but rather an artful method in actually 
having understood where the person we're talking to is at, being able to respond in kind and with appropriate, relevant, realistic, um, and relatable um, analogies and questions and building common ground as we're going to get into in future episodes. And so... I often want to tie this together by saying that um, I, I often make the joke in my apologetics workshops, the cheesy joke that your parents might get better than you do, but there's a band in the 80s and 90s called Meatloaf, and they had a song called Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. Um, two out of three ain't bad, but it ain't great either. That what happens if we have um, knowledge and wisdom? What happens if we're really smart and really quick-witted and we always have the right thing to say, but we don't demonstrate character? I'm sure that you can think of people in your own life and maybe you yourself. I know that I have been this person on far too many occasions, having the knowledge and having the wisdom to say the right thing when, but not having the character. How do those conversations go? Often they are very short and they are very heated. When people do not believe that you care about them, that you don't actually appreciate them, value them in any capacity, and that you don't value mothers going through hard situations, fathers going through hard situations, they often have very little time and very little patience for people like you and I, if that's what we're showing. If we don't have character, we're going to have short, angry conversations that are going to end and that minds are not going to be changed and hearts are not going to be changed and lives are not going to be saved. If we have character, if we're really kind and polite and genuine, and we have wisdom in that we are eloquent and we can make things sound really nice, but we don't know what we're talking about. If we're misleading in our information, if we're inaccurate in our information, if we are simply, we don't know, if we can't offer any kind of an answer, let alone a wrong answer for a question asked, how are those conversations going to go? Well, they're not going to be heated, but they're still going to be really short. And they're often going to be very condescending. They're often going to be that proverbial pat on the forehead of, oh, that's so nice that you guys are out here trying to protect preborn babies. That's so quaint and so cute, but so naive. I wish that we lived in the perfect world that you believe that we live in, that mothers and fathers don't need abortions. I wish that all of this was true that you're saying to me, but it's simply not. Mothers need abortions. That's so nice. Go grow up or live in the real world or learn how hard this world really is. We get this really short and very condescending kind of conversation. And finally, if we have knowledge and we have character, but we don't have wisdom, we don't know what to say when, and we're just a really kind, really polite, really caring, really knowledgeable person, then we're going to have really long conversations. And that might be a step in the right direction, but we're also going to have very confusing conversations. If we're just kind of shooting from the hip and, and saying whatever comes into our mind without any kind of a roadmap, without any kind of a coordinated process for how we're having conversations, then we're going to have really long, really well-meaning, really enjoyable even, but really ineffective and really confusing conversations. And so we need all three. We need character in how do we compassionately approach conversations with empathy and with true Christian charity. We need to have knowledge. We need to have an accurate and informed mind so that we have the answers that are demanded of us. And we need wisdom for how to know what to say when to have an artful method in conveying our pro-life worldview. And so that's how we want to be approaching conversations. That is the, the whatever, 10,000 feet elevation, um, aerial view, bird's eye view. This is the lens through which we want to approach pro-life conversations. I hope that makes sense. 
Again, we're doing a giveaway. If you want a giveaway book, email me at email at prolifeguys.com with a topic that you want me to cover, an apologetics um, question or area of focus that you want me to cover. You'll be entered into the draw. We'll do the draw um, in a week or two, and we'll announce the winner of the draw. You'll get a copy of Tactics by Greg Kokel. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal read. Highly recommend it. Um, and with that, we're going to wrap up our first episode. Um, I hope that some of these episodes can be a little bit tighter than they have been in the past. I hope that they're helpful for how you're having conversations. Um, Don't forget to register for our online crash course, um, January 19th and 20th. If you're listening to this after the crash course has happened, you can still purchase all of the recordings. For 10 bucks, you get all of the recordings. We give five talks over the course of the weekend, all recorded, all for 10 bucks. I know that you can get a lot of the content through the podcast as well, but this is a bit of a fundraiser for the show to help us continue to grow, um, to send thank you gifts to our wonderful guests that are coming on the show to help cover some of the overhead cost of the software and hardware that go into recording the show. So thank you a ton for tuning in. May God bless you abundantly wherever you're at. Hope you are left in your day.